welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or Hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life Hello humans of triathlon this is Swapnil Chauhan here back in Melbourne Australia along with my co-host Robin Mayall aka Radmom Robin from Oregon US and Charles may or may not be joining us later on I'm not too sure hasn't been easy scheduling these podcasts lately has it Robin <laughs> No <laughs> our between our time zones and our schedules it's been crazy Yeah and we might have some sad news to give our listeners but we'll give you that either towards the end of the episode or maybe the next one. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, we've got a couple amazing guests on the show for you all this week. They're the self-proclaimed trinamic duo, Danny and Ray Goggs from New York. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. We appreciate it. What an honor actually following you for a long time. So, to be asked to be featured was a uh, we were pretty impressed. Thank you. Well, Charles was supposed to give you guys the glamorous intro that we usually give our guests, but since he's not here, that's the best they're going to get from me. Well, I think we could say that this is our second triathlon love story. Oh. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Nice. Yeah. Kind of following the theme of Valentine's Day that's coming up, I guess. Yes. Exactly. By the time we release this, it'll be almost Valentine's Day. So that's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Our anniversary is the end of the month, too. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know we set this up in kind of a hurry last minute, so sorry about that. But yeah, we're glad we're able to make it happen. No worries. All right. So for everyone listening, just give us a quick, maybe one or two line intro of yourselves, who you are and what you do. I'm going to go first. Um, my name is Danny Gogarty is the last name. And I work full time. I'm an administrator at a, at a college in New York City. I've been in education field for about 15 years. And I've been triathlon for about 10 years-ish with a little break to have uh, my, my young children a few years ago. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much, you know, yeah. that's who I am, what I do. <laughs> Ray? Well, that's an intro, huh? Um, my name <laughs> Ray Gogarty. Uh, I've been a uh, police officer in New York City for, uh, it's going on 19 years. And uh, my triathlon career goes back as far as me and uh, Danny doing our first one. 10 years ago, super sprint over here at a local uh, race. Awesome. That's great. All right. So as you guys know, uh, Humans of Triathlon is all about the story, you know, and we like to paint a picture for our listeners from the start of the journey to where you all are right now and everything in between. Awesome. So to get things going, how about the both of you share with us your background, your childhood, and maybe lead us to the point like when and how the both of you met? Sure. I mean, the two of us, you know, we're both... Uh, homegrown on Long Island. So in the very similar area too, only a few miles apart before we ever met, we grew up a couple miles away from each other, <laughs> went to the same beaches, hung out in the same crowds, never knew each other until we arrived in, at college, um, Sacred Heart University in Connecticut, where we met at a party, met through friends, and we became like best friends instantly because we had so much in common because we were from the same hometowns and uh, circled in the same same groups and had similar interests, a lot of the similar interests from music to beach, to surfing, to clothing, to what spare time hobbies, really. So um, through college, we, you know, got to know each other and each other's, you know, pasts and upbringings. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a pretty uh, interesting household myself. I was one of three kids and uh, my parents, are, are together, which is not something you hear that often anymore <laughs> that people come from split households, um, but they're still together actually celebrating 46 years this year. But oh, that's um, great. you know, I went to, it was, I was a nerdy kid. I played three or four different instruments growing up. I was a dancer. I was in the school plays. I was a cheerleader. I was in gymnastics and I did all of those 
individual sports where everybody's always watching you, <laughs> having some, <laughs> having some kind of judgment of you, right? <laughs> um, and the same in college, you know, Ray and I, like I said, went to the same college and, you know, we became really close friends there. I, he actually introduced me to my college boyfriend <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> I always tell him it's what true. a mistake that was. I probably should have just went out with him in the first place. Saved all this time in the middle. Same all the time in the middle and a lot yeah. of bad decisions. <laughs> but um, you know what? Those are all the things that make us who we are, right? Right. So, you know, we went through this best friendship for all those years in school and then we both worked in New York City. He became a police officer and I was working in downtown New York City. So we always made sure we met for lunch, met for happy hour, met for coffee, you know, all that stuff. Saw him through his first marriage. He saw me through mine. He actually was a guest at my first wedding. I was at his son's baptism. Um, you know, we went to all the important family affairs together on each other's sides because, you know, we were best friends. Hmm. And then um, when he separated from his ex, you know, I offered him a key to my house, key to my cars, helped him through that part of his life. And he did the same for me a few years later. So I think we just ended up with perfect timing. But prior to that, perfect timing, I, we were doing this thing like, you know, he was a police officer, so he was drinking a lot. and. <laughs> eating a lot of fast food and putting on some LBs. <laughs> and, you know, I was doing the same thing. I was treating my body like crap. And I ended up, I mentioned in my, in my notes that I had a cancer diagnosis when I was about 26 years old. And um, at that point, I knew that bad food kind of makes those things grow and spread. And I was having surgery and I was going to an oncologist and all this crazy stuff that I thought maybe, you know, maybe it's time to change my ways and, and, pick up this healthier lifestyle. So you do a couple of crash diets, you're on South Beach diet and you're going no carbs and you're running and kickboxing and all these things and you know, losing if losing some weight and getting interested and start everything starts with a 5k. I think anybody <laughs> who has done a triathlon in their life not true. Starts no, with not, a 5K. not true. <laughs> <laughs> not true. <laughs> you said God, do you tell me where it starts then? Why <laughs> was actually the sprint before a 5k yeah <laughs> so friends of ours from college uh one of these guys he is an, a, a tremendous athlete and he was so fast and he was doing these like iron man things long before anyone ever heard of what they were and he was super fast and talented athlete that we went to school with told ray to you know to start running and to do it for fun and he realized how fast he was and all that stuff and push the triathlon thing. And then Ray pushed the triathlon thing on me. And we ended up doing our first race together with like zero equipment. I mean, I don't even think I brought a towel with me to this race. It was really short. It was like a 300, 400 meter swim, a six mile bike, maybe a three mile run at the most, but we did it. I didn't do it very fast or very well, but um, I finished mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray was at the finish line waiting for me. And it was like that moment we decided we were, we were hooked on this like sport had no idea. I mean, I bought my bike in like target. Um, I think I borrowed a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a, it was definitely not what you see out there today, 10 years later, uh, nine, 10 years later, but it was, uh, it's fun to look back at the photos and see like how far, you know, the sport has brought us in life and emotionally and physically and the sport itself but he can attest to you know kind of where our background was well you know that that's a great point too because i think so many people assume you need all the things all the things you see on instagram and to to do a race and you don't you don't need all the things you need just a few things you really <laughs> and they could be kind of crappy things <laughs> crappy bike, crappy helmet awful shoes no watch like i I rented a wetsuit. He borrowed a wetsuit. It was. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the problem is that most people get onto Instagram only once they get all the flashy stuff. <laughs> yeah. People don't really see the, see the before. Oh, before. What a, what a show. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, if we were, were doing it long before, you know, it was so popular, which was kind of nice. And where we, where we live and where we grew up, uh, beach towns and stuff. So it's pretty accessible to have open water swims and flat bike bicycle rides and nice hilly runs and things like that so we appreciate the area where we are for sure for the sport 
Not the winters, though. No, winters. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, especially right now, right? <laughs> oh, it's miserable. Well, Ray has been to Australia, actually, so he yeah. he would go back there any, any chance he has, I think. <laughs> so, Ray, what about from your perspective? Did you see things the same way as Danny just described them? Or, you know, because sometimes, like, the other person has a different perspective or story about it. Oh, about triathlon? I, I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said. In terms of, how, like, how we met. Oh, how we met. Oh, okay. yeah. A little about myself. Yeah, I um I grew up on Long Island with her. I went to a, a private school and uh, I grew up playing lacrosse and surfing and riding dirt bikes and that was my thing. And uh, I wound up going to Sacred Heart playing there, uh, collegiately playing lacrosse. And um, when me and her met, actually, she was dating a guy on my team. And when they wound up uh, splitting up, you know, the old bro code, you can't go near the guy's uh, girlfriend. So <laughs> I wound up hooking, <laughs> hooking her up with uh, someone else we knew. And uh, another friend of mine that didn't know her boyfriend at the time. So they wound up dating, and um, uh, that's how that went there. What do we? I graduated college in 1999, and I wound up becoming a police officer right away in uh, 2000. And I worked in uh, Midtown, very close to hers. Was that something you wanted to do? Uh, you know, it's funny, actually. When I got to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I took a criminal justice class. Oh, so we sat during the class, and we wound up watching uh, Cops, one of the classes. I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Maybe I want to become a police officer, so uh, I wind up taking all those uh, criminal justice classes. That's one way to get into it. That's a great spark. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I became a police officer in 2000. I worked in Midtown. Uh, from then on, I wasn't really doing too much athletic. You know, I started working the late tours, and uh, I did that for about a good seven, seven, eight years. From then, I weighed about 180 pounds. I went up to about 235 pounds. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I started getting uh, a little... Uh, That's some beer. A little thick, so uh, <laughs> yeah, just drinking and smoking cigarettes, and it was kind of miserable. So around that time, I said, you know what, it's time to you know change it up. So it was uh, about end of 2008, a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, you want to get involved in kickboxing? I'm like, huh, kickboxing? He's like, yeah, I go to this uh, local MMA gym down here. You'll probably love it. And, uh, you know, I took the first two classes, started training, and I was like, I couldn't believe how out of shape I was. And I was like, yeah. So I dove right in, you know, about two years later, 2010, uh, probably dropped about 65 pounds. I was like 175 pounds. I did a amateur fight and uh, it was pretty wild. Uh, I'm not into, uh, you know, the competitive portion of it, though. I didn't really like that portion of everybody watching and fighting for everybody. So uh I went uh, one and zero, and uh, I called it quits. And I said, uh, "What's next for me?" <laughs> Unbeaten. So a friend, yeah, yeah, undefeated. So yeah, so uh, another friend of mine, like she was talking, a good friend of ours. He was he's a phenomenal triathlete. He's like, dude, why don't you do triathlon? I was like, triathlon, bro. I don't like to run. Coming from a lacrosse <laughs> background, it was always like punishment. You know, <laughs> run more laps. You get to the end line and do sprints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Wound up, uh, you know, doing the first sprint. I called Danny. I was like, hey, you want to do this triathlon with me? She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. And I got this uh, old aluminum felt bike. It must have been like uh, 15 years old. And and that was it. I loved it. Loved it. And that's where uh, the triathlon life started for us. So what's what do you see? How, how do you feel differently about triathlon now than when you started? What things feel other than, you know, the the better bikes and outfits and wetsuits? What feels different when you do a race now? Uh, triathlon's like it's like a way of life for us now, especially for me. I love uh, I love everything about it. I got to be honest with you. Even the running. <laughs> yeah, now I love the running. It's funny how that switches you know, <laughs> after you start getting in a little bit of shape, you know. And um, it, it it's basically it's it's a lifestyle now, you know. Every day trying to train and eat right and do the right thing. It's uh, you know I, it's amazing to me. It really is. Well, that's what it is. It feels like. You just, it's one of those things that, you know, we didn't grow up with triathlon as an opportunity as a sport in college or high school and things like that. It's like we became adults and had, I had babies and needed to lose baby weight. So I started running and that's the whole thing, running with double strollers and all that stuff. And then you start doing triathlons and the more people you meet through triathlon and then you do longer races and you get faster and better and stronger. And once you start to have that, like, those gratifying moments. It's like, you're hungry for the next one. Like I, I, I said in my story, I've had my fair share of, you know, DNFs and all different kinds of reasons for those things. But, you know, you keep coming back to make yourself better and not better comparing yourself to someone else. It's just better 
to yourself, you know, for yourself, mm. for your own personal records and your own, your own thing. So I think it's one of those individual team sports, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's what like that. I always like to hear when someone comes from a more of a team sport, like lacrosse or the dance team, like, how does it feel different to those sports? You know, I lived, like I said, like I lived that life of, uh, you know, team competition and stuff like that. And triathlon, it's more like you're competing against yourself. You're trying to make yourself better. It's, uh, it, it's completely different. That's why it's so amazing. But at the same time, you're able to do that with a team. And, and Ray and I have been a member of the same teams throughout our whole triathlon career. We started with a group called South Shore Tri. They're based on Long Island. And we had an awesome coach there had another awesome coach there who went off and did her own thing and another male coach who went off and did his own thing. And then he did my swimming lessons for two years. And that's Brendan Mims and he's amazing. And all these people that we have met and been coached by and been a part of different teams, you know, we've learned so much from everybody that we've been with, whether they're better athletes, faster athletes, not as fast or, or whatever it, you pick up little mm -hmm. tidbits race day tips or training tips from everybody that you meet and are able to train with so being a part of different teams um, i think has allowed us to to grow as athletes individually and together yeah and there's really kind of a lifetime of being able to do that in triathlon i mean there's yeah. three sports and no shortage of things you can do differently oh absolutely <laughs> no no shortage of ways to improve all of them yeah, yeah. That, you know, that too our whole thing is like you know yes we like to place in age groups and local races and we like to do really well in Ironman and half Ironman distances and and all that but at the same time it's like we know we're not the fastest I mean we're not any pros we have real jobs and regular jobs and we don't get paid to do this we do this for fun but fun also comes with that little bit of competitive spirit too so yeah your journey from the first triathlon onwards it hasn't been quite a smooth sailing one you know there have been pauses there have been different things that happen in between so uh, you sent me I think one of the longest emails I've ever gotten about you epic <laughs> that's her <laughs> so maybe talk us through your journey like from that first triathlon oh my goodness well the first triathlon as as discombobulated as i was that day <laughs> it was a, it was a good day because it was short you know and then i did an, i did another one shortly thereafter and you know it was a pool triathlon and i was the, the last one out of the water i couldn't breathe I panicked. I had this thing like I just was like, I don't know how to swim or maybe I know how to swim, but I just I can't do this in front of all these people. And um, yeah, last one out of the pool, caught up on the bike. I didn't finish last in the race because I can run and ride a bike pretty well. So <laughs> that didn't happen. But it's still I was mortified. So but I did end up going home that day and I, I took a pregnancy test and I was I was actually in fact pregnant. Excuses. So it kind of I kinda knew why I couldn't breathe and my out my output wasn't that great. But I'll tell you this. I did spend, you know, I had my children and I spent a couple of years really just focusing on running. I was doing half marathons, marathons, 10Ks and that kind of stuff, just to get, you know, myself back in shape. And then when Ray and I ended up getting together, I was already training for a half Ironman. So it was kind of like I had the bug again, got a new bike and all this stuff. So I was training with another coach and a couple of girlfriends. And I had this, this panic about the swim, just panic. Uh, I think it was like a spatial thing because I was okay in the pool and I had swimming coaches and everybody's always like, your form is fine. I just don't know what happens to you out there. <laughs> and what happens to me out there was, and I showed it, I've showed it many times. Um, I think it was Timberman was my first real half Ironman, and I missed the swim cutoff by a, by a couple of minutes only. It wasn't a lot, but I panicked the whole way. Every single buoy stopped. Stopped to try to catch my breath. On my back to try to catch my breath. Awful. Um, I finished the entire distance that day, seven hours, seven and a half hours or something ridiculous, but... I was super proud of myself for getting through all that distance and willing myself through a swim because willing yourself through a swim is absolutely physically exhausting. Mm -hmm. And emotionally, mentally. 
emotionally oh my gosh it was it was draining because you're fighting down like terror sort of it's well that's what it is it's like once (laughs) you get that ounce of panic you can't recover that and it just it it exhausts you because then you're kicking and you're you know you have and i don't even know if it's a fear of like drowning or just i think it was spatial because i was okay in like these little river channels and the bay where i trained you know, and then it was, I think it's very primal because I coach a, a lot of athletes. And when we move to open water season, even people who have swum open water every year, the first couple swims of the season, people, it, it, there's something different about swimming in a bottomless, you know, lake yeah. or ocean well, or whatever you can't see. It's, it's a primal thing. I think it's impressive. And, you know, it, it, it evolved and it got better, but it got worse before it got better. You know, it was, I, I had my first Ironman and I, I made the swim cutoff by literally, I think it was five minutes. I think it was two. Uh, between two and five minutes. Let's, let's not forget the uh, spectators watching this. All right? It was two minutes. Wow. <laughs> Keeping it honest there. Oh, it was another oof. one of those, you know, those days that I just, but I got through it and I made it in the time frame and and I had a pretty decent race the rest of the day but you know it was one of those things and then the following year I you know I I immediately got a a swim coach and um, he was incredible the instruction and his honesty with me was incredible and what he did was drag me out in a hurricane and made me swim Uh, (laughs) a mile and a half in a hurricane I I kid you not they would never hold a race in these conditions. And Ray came with me because he would swim with us together with my uh, my swim coach. And they were pretty good friends. So literally threw me buoy to buoy to buoy in the middle of a hurricane. It was during Hurricane Nate a couple of years ago. And I never looked back. I can swim anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> anywhere in the world that you put me. I, I don't care. I've had the choppiest swims, ocean swims, river swims. And I have not an ounce of fear in me anymore. Because if I did that that day, then I knew I could do anything. And they, it was just, it was like one of those moments where everything kind of clicked. And from then on, it's been nothing but just, you know, hard work, consistency, and making sure you don't get into your own head. Because that's, that'll, that'll lose the race for you. Nobody will win a race in a swim, right? They say, but you definitely can lose one. That's for sure. <laughs> Is the truth. But yeah, so it's been a, a transformation all the way through, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, I'm so big. You see my posts, I'm very big on mind over matter and making sure that, you know, you believe in yourself and try to inspire people by doing that because we're all human and nobody's perfect. I have met and talked with some of the fastest first place age group Kona finishing athletes in the world. And they too have the same thing. I have a girlfriend of mine and you've interviewed her and she is a swimmer by nature by she swam in college and she is, she gets nervous and she's panicked. Let's give her a shout out. Yeah. That's Ginny Cataldi, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and she's shared that with me. I've been at races with her where she's like, no, I get it. She's like, I've done this and I've panicked it too. So, you know, the fastest and, and, and stuff like that will have their own things that they have too. So it's not just people who aren't that good or not that fast. It's just, it's human, it's not anything but that. Yeah, I think that's true. And Ray, what about for you coming from, you know, become becoming overweight and the smoking and all that? Let's see. When I first got into triathlon, like I said, like we talked about it, uh, I was I was hooked after that first race and I was already actually in really good shape after kickboxing. I was still down at, you know, 180 pounds. And so I could maintain after that. And then I dove right in. I dove right in. I had my first half the next year. I went to Augusta and I was like, all right, I'll sign up for Ironman. But still, it's, uh, you know, being new to the sport, though, you don't know everything. And I wound up getting a coach. But there was still things that I need to iron out. And I wound up doing Louisville in uh, 2013. And uh, that was back when it was still in the middle of the summer. As we know, it was like an oven there. So uh, I wound up uh, bonking really bad. I didn't really know much about salt. I was taking Endorolites and didn't have enough salt in my system. I wound up mm. pretty much walking the whole marathon. But I got through it. And, and you know, you're sick that night and you're sick as a dog. And the next morning, you're already <laughs> scrolling through the next race. When When's the you're next signing race? signing up. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, 
and you know, uh, it's just been, it's still, you, you could always learn more and I'm always learning and always progressing. You know, I, there's so much in triathlon. Well, you try different things over the years too. And that goes for nutrition and the way you dress and prepare for elements. And there's so much that goes into it. It's, 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 it's wild when you think about what you have to pack for every race and what you bring with you and what you try to prepare for. And no matter how much you prepare, you just, you don't know what conditions you're going to be dealt that day. Or who shows up, like which which version of you shows up that day. Mm. <laughs> sometimes you're a rock star and sometimes it's just <laughs> not your day. No, absolutely. And for me, it's uh, like I have um, my hardest thing is difficulty because I fight being fat all the time. So, uh, you know, when you're training and you're training for a full, you're trying to get all these calories back in your system. But then I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little weight. And it's, it's always a fight. It's always constant. I think I could eat live on avocados and peanut butter, you know? <laughs> we try to anyway. <laughs> so danny for you take us back to that those breaks that you basically had when you had your children you know how how was it was it easy was it hard to get back into the fitness rhythm after having children what was that like physically or mentally and was it any different um the second time yeah, you know what? I came, I had my daughter, and as soon as I had her, I mean, she was a, a NICU baby. She was early arrival, and she was in the hospital for a while. Actually, Ray was the first person to visit and actually met her for the first time. So that's, so there's that. Um, she wasn't even mine. She wasn't <laughs> even yours, but you were the first one to see her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he came to see me in the hospital. I was, she was in the hospital a couple weeks after she was born. She was born tiny, real tiny. And um, healthy. She's uh, in first grade now and she gives me a run for my money for sure. But, um, you know, when she was a baby, I would work out when she slept and all that stuff they tell you to do, you know, run on the treadmill when they're napping. And, you know, I was doing things late at night, early in the morning when I had some help. And then I said I was going to run a marathon. So I got into the New York City Marathon and I did it on a charity. I was I worked for the American Lung Association and I raised $7,000 just about for the, for the race. Wow. And um, I did it just before my daughter's first birthday. So it was pretty monumental to me at the time. It was like, I did a couple of half marathons before that. And it was hard. I mean, I'm, I'm a tiny, tiny person. I, I stand five, three and 107 pounds and when I had my daughter, I was 155 pounds and I lost all that weight and I did it by, by running. And, um, you know, that was how it really started. And I bought a used bike from, from a girlfriend of mine, a triathlon bike and had it hooked up on a trainer in my, in the, in the spare room. And then I ran this marathon and a few weeks later I found out I was pregnant with my son. So I was like, oh, there no. it goes again. <laughs> all, that hard, all that hard work is out the window. <laughs> I had to do it again. And, but you know what? I worked out as long as I could with him and my daughter. So, and then when I had him, I was doing the thing. I was running with the double stroller. So I'm pushing a hundred pounds of stroller and child at the same oh, time. I don't know how you guys do that. Uh, it's so yeah. hard on your arms too. Uh, and neck, back, everything. But you know what? It was like, I could run like that. And when I wasn't running like that, I was like, wow, I actually can, I can put up some decent miles sometimes. <laughs> and then I'm, um, yeah, coming back the second time was like, that's when I said, you know, I want to do triathlons again. I haven't done them in so long. And I did. And that's when I registered for my first half Ironman. And I said, I'm just I'm signing up for this thing. Never did an Olympic before that. Only sprints and maybe like two or three. And I said, nope, I'm going to do it. And I, and I did. <laughs> and at the same time, I signed up for a full. And then after that, I signed up for half after half after half after half. <laughs> and then uh that's just that's how it went you know and you learn all these new things like i said I, between the, the trainer and then getting a smart trainer and trying all different nutrition like i can't stomach the goose so i i eat like pretzels and stuff and potatoes when i'm on the bike like i i don't i do infinite and i do potatoes i can't eat anything else and i need to have like solid food my stomach is tiny and can't handle all that liquid it makes me sick <laughs> 
Yeah, the best thing I ever saw was somebody put uh, mashed potatoes in a pastry tube. Well, I thought well, that was brilliant. Like in Iron Man, they had these pastry tubes on their bike. I'm like, what's in that? She's like, KFC mashed potatoes. I'm like, that is brilliant. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> that's awesome. Similarly, I boil potatoes the night you know before I iron. I don't really do it so much in a half, but for a full. It's I boil the potatoes and I toss them in basalt hmm. in like a little Ziploc snack bag and I keep them like portion like I know I have one in my special needs like bag. little potatoes yeah the little ones yeah huh. yeah so well, I, sounds good. I smush them like I I smush them into little bits so that <laughs> they're tolerable <laughs> consistency and it works it's the salt it's the carbs and it also like absorbs that fluid through that long day. You don't realize that. And it doesn't have that sweet, like too many sweet things. Exactly. And that all those other bars and goos and stuff, I just can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. So that's uh, that's one of the little tricks. So what's, what's your best uh, mom trick for training? Because I know we have a lot of moms who listen and, you know, trying to fit it all in. Oh, the best mom tricks. Give them some iPads and let them sit next to you while you ride your bike on the trainer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's your best mom trick you won't regret when they're teenagers? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I try to, uh, you know, with the the training with them, it's most of it happens late at night, Mm. you know, after they're asleep Um, or during the work day when I can squeeze things in the middle of the day while they're at school. Um, because it really is hard either that or Ray and I switch off like, okay, I'm going to go run my six miles and then you go run your six miles and you know, we alternate. There's a lot of kids between the two of us. So <laughs> the <laughs> schedule is very hectic, but yeah, that's, that's the thing. Sometimes if I can do something short while they're here, at least we're all in the same, we're in the presence of each other. So, <laughs> right. but they say that they say, mommy likes to run. Mommy likes to win. Mommy likes to swim. Mommy likes to bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but race son, we get to run races with him. So he's old enough now and he's cross country athlete. And oh, great. We take him out as a ringer for some 5Ks and maybe Oof. a relay this year. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, what's it like having two triathletes under the same roof? How do, how do those dynamics work? I actually think it's better. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Wouldn't you say? Like, yeah, no, I think it's better. Uh, you know, it's there's an understanding. There's a, uh, oh, I got to get my miles in. You know, it's, you know, can you do this while I'm getting my miles in? Or if we could switch off. So it actually, it's, uh, I think it's better. I think there's more of an understanding. Right. I think, I think some relationships fail under having yeah. a one triathlete in, yeah. the, in the relationship, you know, because it does. It's a lot of time. I mean, a lot of time. Um, three disciplines and then trying to, cross train and then full-time jobs and kids and everything else that goes into a household and, and all that. It's just, it's, there's not enough hours in the day. That expression is, is <laughs> more than that. It's true. Not for triathletes. No, it's true. It's like we're swimming late at night or swimming at five in the morning and all that stuff. And then I think it's true. We do have an understanding of one another and, and the needs of the sport. Um, the only thing that's probably that stinks about having two under one roof is the cost. It's expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, we'll both did, you know, two signups instead of one, you know. It's, it's, not out. it's like if we're traveling for a race, it's like, well, if I'm going to go and watch you, I might as well race it too. So <laughs> you end up both signing up for everything. Then it's taking two bikes everywhere and <laughs> yeah. it's expensive. We need two of everything. We need four wheels and two bikes. Yeah. I get a bike this year. You get a bike next year. You get a bike <laughs> this year. I get a bike next year. <laughs> it's like, but at least you're married to somebody who understands the need for multiple bikes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But you already have a bike. <laughs> it keeps us, uh, it definitely keeps us, keeps us in check. <laughs> one another, for sure. The, the mutual understanding is pretty important. So Ray, same question, because I, I want to give uh, equal parent time. What's your best dad, dad tip for? being the tri dad well like i said it, with danielle it's easy because she understands i know a lot of guys and they've had these problems uh, <laughs> with their wives who don't understand that they need to put the time in and stuff like that for the guys i know I, I you know i have some guys at work that you know they race and stuff like that and they'll get it done before work or if you get that you know hour break during work if you can get in you know a little workout or something to that effect it's it's you know it's tough on dads just like it is on moms you know especially getting the yeah. uh 
the other parent to, uh, <laughs> to, to, yeah, to, to understand, you know, or to commit to it. You know, I know a lot of guys who's, you know, I think we, we're lucky because we, you know, we both do triathlons and we've, now we've been in the game for a long time. You see guys that they, you know, they do a year or two and be like, yeah, my wife's not having it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to be racing this year or something like that. And that, that's tough, you know? Yeah. We've seen a lot of guys drop out of the sport a little bit when they have, you know, young kids and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's a, it's, you know, it's a commitment. And like I said, with, with, you know, I feel like with us, it's really, it's a lifestyle. It really is. Yeah. We absolutely enjoy it together and support each other and, you know, push each other to do what we're supposed to do and, and enjoy it too. Yeah. I saw that you both have gotten your USAT coaching, you know, certification. So is that something you look to get into the whole coaching area? Yeah, definitely in the future. I, um, I have another year, year and a half until I can actually retire. So, uh, maybe looking towards that, Okay. you know, it's, it, you know, uh, we have a couple friends, you know, you know, just starting out that would help it out, but definitely as, uh, it gets closer to, you know, when I can retire, definitely looking more towards that and, you know, gaining more knowledge in the sport. That's primarily what it was. We took the course based on like, you know, we could always learn some more and, and really, you know, you go to this course and this this clinic and it was like we learned so much so much more even just by being an athlete you know so with that it's good to have the certification and we are going to move forward in the future together um we've taken on a couple of of friends and um client athletes that we're coaching through very new people first and second triathlons they just want to get through a sprint a girlfriend of mine you know came to me and asked me if I could help her with a half Ironman. She's only done two sprints before, which is great. So, you know, we're, it's more in the way of um, not so much a business for us, but just really trying to help people and share our knowledge, what we've learned and our experiences and hope that that, you know, helps someone else get to their next finish line. So I want to go back to one point um, when you mentioned the American Lungs Foundation, was it, mm-hmm. um, that you raised funds for? So just talk to us about the reason for doing that. And yeah. The reason um, I got involved with that was the year prior, I, um, my aunt, who is my godmother, was actually a pretty maternal figure to me my whole life. Um, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And uh, it was like already a stage four. She had surgery. She went through chemo. And she was so, so, so sick. For, she went from being the healthiest person to a very, very sick woman very quickly deteriorated pretty quickly, but I got involved with that cause because a lot of people don't support it. People out there think that lung cancer and lung diseases like COPD, um, which my mom is actually a sufferer of severe asthmatic and uh, COPD and, and things like that. And also, you know, my son was born with a little bit of a lung issue. He was on a, on a breathing machine his first 48 hours of his life. Um, so the lungs are, are something that I, are near and dear to me and you're, and everyone needs them, but people out there think the American Lung Association is just about, oh, lung cancer and people who smoke and that they don't want to support a cause like that because they think if you smoke, you deserve lung cancer, <laughs> you know? Um, but that's not the case. And I had a completely different belief and I did a lot of research with the organization and I worked very closely with the New York city, um, representative and she came to my house and you know we hit it off really well and I wanted to run for them she asked me she said we have five bibs I want to know if you want one here's the deal you have to raise three thousand dollars and I said well I could do that I said I'll I'll give you one up I said I'll double it and and I did um and I did that in a couple different ways I was a little inventive in my fundraising strategy but um you know, I, I did a stair climb for them. I raised money for that. And I just, I felt it was like, I wanted to do these things with the sport so that for those who can't do it, you know, my aunt always said to me uh, before she passed away, she was like, I need you to run this because I can't run. I want you to breathe and do these endurance sports because I can't do them. Mm-hmm. And so that was the big thing. I wanted to do things for people that, that can't. So um, that's how I ended up getting involved with them. And, and I still hear from the representatives there and I still will put out donations and do the fundraising on a more, more low key level than running charity bibs for the marathon. But 
I, I do keep them near and dear for sure. So when did the both of you actually, you know, get married and when did all that sort of come into the whole timeline? Well, let's see. Uh, I, um, or say I got divorced in, uh, 2012 and actually, um, I always say, thank God triathlon was in my life at the time because, uh, it was a way to really clear my head, you know, and I jumped right in, like I said, and that's when I started doing halves and really, uh, getting into it. And then, um, I want to say, when did you, when were you divorced? Uh, 2016, 2015, 2015. Yeah. 2015. And we, you know, we, you know, we still had our friendship and stuff like that. And then things just started to click and we wound up getting married in 2017 in February. I like, she said our anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things that it was like, you know, it probably, <laughs> probably could have been a lot earlier in life and the opportunities were just, I think there was always something like we were close, you know, and then we had this teetering, this fence, you know, that was always like, uh, you know, like I love him and he loves me, but like, it wasn't ever the right time. And then it finally was mm. just, it just was, you know, and I think it's better in a way, like, I, I feel like sometimes we missed a lot of years, but at the same time, we've known each other for 23, 24 years now. And it's like, Sometimes it feels like we're together that long yeah. and sometimes it feels like we're together for five minutes, <laughs> you know, so it, it goes both ways. And I always say like the best and worst part of our relationship is that we know each other so long. <laughs> like it's, the best, it's the best thing about us, but it's also like that. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we grew up together, you know, and we watched each other and supported each other through the hardest times in each other's lives. And then, you know, we have this like second shot at it together and, you know, it has its it has its own difficulties, you know, with with exes and children and schedules and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, it's probably the best decision we ever made. So did you have any triathlon themed stuff at your wedding? <laughs> we, well, we, <laughs> like a little bikes on top of the cake you know, or something. It's so funny because we we thought of that. But now nah, we just we stuck to what we know and we ended up getting a whole bunch of matching triathlon tattoos and stuff. So. <laughs> Always for, those, for those who don't know us, we're both covered in them. So it's that's another one of our uh, our hobbies, I guess. Hobbies. <laughs> Is, uh, <laughs> but we have like you know these significant milestone things that we've done together, and and one of them is, is an Ironman. You know, Ray and I just did Louisville this past year, this past October together, and we weren't going to do the race together, but they ended up shortening the swim. So when we're waiting for the swim start, we're like, you know what, if we can like meet each other that within a few minutes of one another out of the swim, we'll do the whole race together. Oh, cool. You know? He's like, I'll find you on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So you know what? The swim was short. So we said, screw it. Our time goals for a full one out the window. So we said we might as well enjoy it. And this might be the only time we get to do something like that. So we yeah. literally did the entire race together. I'm so, just impressed that you found each other. You, you know, uh, we, we jumped in the water at the same time. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people and they're all in black wetsuits. <laughs> and it was, it was disgusting that day. I'll tell you, it was, it was dismal uh, at best. It was dark. It was cold. Rainy, yeah. It was raining. I had, I was on all kinds of prednisone and bronchitis and I was, uh, it was a mess. And I was like, I'm doing this anyway. But yeah, so how would you say that, you know, you found me? <laughs> yeah, no, we jumped in the water at the same time. I went into the changing tent and I just waited at bike out. Huh. And then uh, here she comes. I'm like, you ready? Here we go. And uh, that was the day. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was fun. I, you know, as, as she said, the weather was nasty and, you know, it was, uh, it was a trying, but it's Iron Man, right? So. Oh yeah. It's never less than interesting. That must that must have been weird biking that far but not being able to get within five bike lengths of each other. Yeah. <laughs> normally yeah. like if you ride together, you're riding together, right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because now we do a lot less outside on the bike. We have the smart trainer set up right next to each other. So oh, we like tandem yeah. ride in the house and I refuse to go out <laughs> all winter long. So, you know, we really don't get to ride outside that much together. So in in the race and, you know, in the half distance, we are doing our own thing and we just know we meet each other at the end. He's, you know, right. 45 minutes ahead of me, usually. <laughs> and then, um, you know, but for the full, it was like, all right, let's do this. 
and we got to spend the whole day together. It wasn't pretty most of the time. I mean, it was it was hard and it was <laughs> hilly. It was rainy. The brakes and the bike crashes everywhere. And I'm coughing up a lung and crying. And can I do this? I have a fever and the whole thing. And he just, but that's that's what it is. It's, it's the support system of one another. And you know, we'd we catch up to each other. We'd lose each other. We'd catch up to each other. We'd lose each other. And then you know, we got out of the changing tents for the run and we just enjoyed the marathon. It was 26 miles. We had fun. Nice. You know, we're eating chips and drinking soda and waving at people and taking pictures and, you know. Yeah, hanging with Julie Bakke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Julie yeah. Bakke, she's oh fun. Yes. Yeah, shout out oh, to her awesome. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can all wave know, we, at Julie from here. <laughs> yeah. But we, um, you know, we were part of NYPD triathlon team for a couple of years, you know, recently. And um, they were down there too, a couple of the crew. Um, so it was nice when you, when you know people on the course and we were together. So it always made for people like we're in matching kits and hmm. they're waving at us. And, you know, you feel, uh, oh, you're you those really people, good. those two cute people. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 yes. We had our, we had our new zoo kits on that day, right? Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was fun. But we, we that was probably probably the most epic in our together because, you know, full Ironman, you never really you don't get to do that. Yeah. We took the opportunity as a date, a chance to do something like really cool. Yeah. One of the world's weirdest dates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A long date, right? Yeah. There was days after the race and I was looking on like the Facebook group page and there were so many other couples that finished together because we were looking at the video or like finish line pictures and there were so many couples and I said, oh my goodness, look at all these triathlon couples. That's so cool. Huh. Just because you think because of the swim stuff? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people ended up finishing together, but. No, I don't know. They could have had the same idea and said, whatever, let's do this together because the heck with it. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, when they, when they cut it, we were like, ugh, there goes like, you know, you go there with a whole agenda yeah. plan of what you're going to do and what you want your time to be and how you're going to make it happen. And then, you know, when they, we stood there for hours in the morning, they announced that they were going to cut it down and we just looked at each other and Ray wanted to go back to the hotel. He's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I said, well, I'm doing this. <laughs> I said, let's do it. We'll do it together then. So then that's, that's what we did. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I definitely want to mention and hear more about the NYPD triathlon team because Ray was one of the original members, basically like the co-founder, I guess. So how did all that start and what is it all about? Oh, okay. Back in, um, I want to say it was uh, when I first got into triathlon, 2012, I was working with um, a coach over here on Long Island. It actually turned out to be, a, uh, he was a cop as well. And he worked with uh, this guy, Bob McEwen over here at South Shore Tri-Coach. And um there was an NYPD team, but it really wasn't a team. It was like a couple guys had some kits, a couple guys do triathlon. Nobody knew each other. I wound up borrowing his kit to wear when I did Augusta. So the next year there was a guy, he was kind of running a team slash, you know, I'll get everybody kits. And it was the same thing in 2000. And was it 15? Whenever I met Tim Stam, I ran into uh, a guy. 16. It was 16. 16. 16. That's when the team started. I ran into a, a guy. He's a, another cop, Tim Stam. He runs the uh, NYPD tri team now. Uh, we ran into each other at a race, and I was like, uh, he was wearing a kid. I was wearing a kid. I was like, I don't know you. I don't know you. Well, why don't we do something? So uh, we basically took it from nothing, and, you know, it's built to uh, – Tim's got it running. It's a 501-3 now. It's a charity for the widows and orphans. He does things for charity and stuff like that. It's become a really big thing, and uh, it, it's grown phenomenally. Uh, there's uh, probably 30 rostered guys now, between 20 and 30 rostered guys. And, uh, you know, they do trips together. They go to races together. And it, it really turned out to be a good thing. Yeah, it was like the, you know, the, off, the police officers, it was retired, were open to retired and, and active guys and then their spouses. So there's a couple of, of women, including myself, that were members of the team who are, are the wives of, you know, the officers or retired officers. And, uh, you know, we have our own little, you know, blue wives group thing, you know, and I, um, you know, I helped the team out a lot with that kind of stuff. We did, I built the website initially and we were all working together in their social media presence and then, you know, wearing kits and, and meeting the vendors and getting to know some of the vendors on a personal level opened up a lot of opportunities 
for Ray and myself out of that. You know, we um, got, I got very involved with um, Ben from Love the Pain, who, you know, I became an ambassador for him and his, his clothing company. And we are still to this day, pretty close friends. And um, I do stuff with him every now and then, and, and that works out well. And, you know, you ne- it's a network too. Yeah, yeah the community is absolutely amazing. Like, uh, like she said, we wound up going out with the uh, NYPD team out to California. Met Ben, wound up uh, hooking up with uh, Jeff, Jeff Fairbanks. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And uh, became friends with him. Oh, yeah. he's he he's an amazing soul. That guy, he just uh, <laughs> he oozes positivity. He oh really my gosh, is. Yeah. He's amazing. Him and Nathan Turner. I know the uh, and they wound up doing their own thing. We wound up hooking up with them, and uh, we joined his team as well. So we're gonna be doing stuff with them all over yep, the country. With the race team triumph this year. Yep. Doing our thing, and yeah, the, the PD team took took a, a life of its own. You know, Ray was one of the original members years and years ago and when you only knew about the running club and that's separate from the triathlon team, you know, there was only a handful of guys. And then um, it kind of fell off a little bit. And then, you know, they picked it up again, again, like you said, when, when we met Tim at a race out on Long Island and uh, it just, it, it grew legs and just, it, it ran, you know, uh, no pun intended, but it did. It's, you know, they've got their big thing going now. Ray and I have kind of stepped down a little bit um, in our activity there to do some other stuff that we're focusing on, which is okay. But um, yeah, they're succeeding. It's doing well and has a good presence and a friendly rivalry with the FDNY team and things like that. So that's always fun to watch. <laughs> we all show up at races together. You know, uh, it's a good time. Yeah, we have uh, we have much love for the fire department. Those guys are great, the phenomenal athletes they have there too. It's uh, it's a it's a friendly rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anyone in the triathlon world you don't know? Since you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife is a social butterfly, so yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this Long Island over here. I don't know if you know, but it's like a hotbed for triathlon. It, it has since the beginning. Yeah, I guess that must be true. Yeah, and. Um, it's small. It's, it's small, small, and there's there's a lot of races here on Long Island, and uh, everybody really knows each other. I'm just uh, you know, so happy that we actually got to branch out throughout the country and meet some awesome, awesome people. Yeah, we're definitely connected all over the place and meeting people, and you know, you just and a lot of it started with social media, you know. But then you meet we Ray and I like to travel for races. We don't really go on vacation. That's our vacation. Much. We do racecations. <laughs> so you know, we tr- try to travel to all different states and all different cities to do different races. So at those places, we meet the people that you know. Oh, you follow this one on Instagram, or this one's your friend on Facebook, or whatever. And then you know, a handful of them have actually become really good friends of mine or ours um, together, which is, which is kind of neat. I get, you feel like, you know, somebody from the internet, but then you realize that, you know, below the surface, there's other things that you have in common and really develop relationships that way. And, mm. you know, Ginny Cataldi is one of them. I mean, we visit each other and we've been at races together and I've trained with her and, you know, so so I think we're playing like six degrees of humans of triathlon here. Pretty much, yeah. right? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So tell us what's what's next for you. What do you sort of have your sights on doing or achieving? Uh, with a couple halves this year, we're going to make our way to uh, Florida. Uh, you know, me personally, her too. I'm uh, chasing Mike Riley. I've done uh, three fulls oh, and yeah. I haven't heard him say my name yet. So it's uh, <laughs> always so been some other announcers. So uh, I'm coming for him this year. Oh, boy, they butchered our name this year in Louisville. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we crossed together and it was one of those things that they didn't realize. I think we were together. They were like, oh, Danielle Gogli, Ray Gogli, they're like, oh, oh, them. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we've got a couple of halves on the on the agenda. Probably going to try to do a good Olympic and then uh, a season finale in Florida. Going for it. Awesome. Ironman Florida. Oh, that's a good one. We like, I, you know, we like the ocean swim, so I think. Uh, Hope you like wind. Yeah, we're used to it here. That's, that's my opinion of that course. Hope you like wind. It is right. I know every direction, but that's how I feel about like some of the all over the east. All coast, over, yeah. You know? Long just... Well, yeah, you guys live on the on the ocean, so you're probably used to it. I live inland, so you know that was that was an experience. 
everywhere we've been, I think, between Maryland and North Carolina and everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's Always windy. windy. It's coming from everywhere. <laughs> Every direction. You know, so we're looking at that. And like I said, we've got a couple of athlete clients that, I, you know, I've got a, a client, best friend of mine that I'm training for her first half marathon. Ray has somebody at work. He's training for a triathlon. And we've got a couple of other athletes. I've got a girl of mine who's going for a first half Ironman. And, um, you know, trying to just share some of our knowledge and experience with some newbies. And then, um, yeah, we'll be spectating. We'll be racing and doing the thing. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing all of that. Awesome. All right. And what's the message you want people listening to take away from your stories? You know, just that, you know, I had said it when I wrote it that, you know, you just, there's nothing that's really out of reach. Um, no matter who's watching, don't let anybody tell you, you, you can't do it. And if they tell you, you can't do it, do it twice and take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, it, 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 it's cliche and it was always been the uh, Iron Man motto, but uh, anything is possible. It really is. It, uh, hmm. you know. Yeah, I think I, I said that once. I said anything is possible, but anything can happen, too. And it does. Um, and you just you keep moving forward. They say, you know, forward motion. Yeah. Um, and that's it. If you keep keep your head up, keep moving forward, you're, you're going to get there um, no matter what happens in between. And we're proof of that. I mean, we've had our fair share of disappointments for sure. Um, and those moments of elation as well. So they come hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so that's what we, I think we really try to put out there is just that, you know, stay positive. Don't listen to anybody's negativity and do what you want. <laughs> do what makes you happy. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> okay. And I know you've mentioned quite a few already, but are there any other people or brands <laughs> that you'd like to give a shout out to? Oh my goodness. I'm hoping we didn't Oh, uh, you, you asked the wrong person. She's, uh, she's probably got a list. Of- Wait, don't get them started <laughs> here. <laughs> here for a while. No, you know, we said there's so many people we've met along the way and that's everybody on the NYPD triathlon team and it's everybody on Merrick Bikes and the Endurance Mob and South Shore Tri and Ohana Tri team and all of our friends who are, who are doing the thing and, you know, staying in our network and, you know, we love you all to bits. That's for sure. Okay, and before we ask our last question, tell everyone listening where they can find you guys online. Oh, yeah, you can find us online. You can find me. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Danny Gogs. It's D-A-N-I-G-O-G-S. And then Ray and I have a Facebook that we share together for triathlon, and that's Danny Ray Gogarty. So we're on Facebook as well. We don't really tweet. No, no tweeting for me. No tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> that's it you'll find us there all right and our last question to the both of you is why do you try why do i try i try every day because it is a lifestyle and it's it is the why it became something that we would just do and now it's something that i can't have a day without doing so it's become just a part of my my regimen and that's why and it's positive and influencing others and that's been my goal for so many years is just to you know be myself and unapologetically mm-hmm. and that's that's that yeah i can't even add to that i think she hit all the uh, other points <laughs> <laughs> i don't always speak for him <laughs> let's say you guys have been together a while <laughs> clearly <laughs> sharing a brain <laughs> it was great having you on the show guys thank you so much for this Oh, thank you so much. No, Appreciate thank you it. so much for spending the afternoon with us. Yeah, thanks. You guys have been awesome. You are as well. And before we wrap things up, Robin, do you want to give everyone listening the bad news? Yeah, it's good news and bad news, but I have a new job that's just eating my life right now. And it's oh, awesome no. and terrifying <laughs> and wonderful and frightening. And unfortunately, because of the the crazy three-continent nature of this podcast it's my time zone it's just too hard to to fit in for me in the middle of a work day or in the middle of a weekend so um, i am gonna say goodbye to humans of triathlon well i'm so glad it's that we got sad. to chat with you we're the lucky ones <laughs> yeah wish you so much and love. i love this so much so it's just kind of a bummer but maybe i'll be back we're gonna lose like half our listeners now that, now that you're going no. <laughs> well, maybe I can maybe I can come back every now. I could be on Humans of Triathlon. That would be fun. Honestly, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the other side, we're going to flip the script. 
Well, maybe maybe we'll look at the calendar and find a 6 a.m. time slot or something. But anyways, yeah, I, it's just it's gotten really, really hard for me. And it, it, and it also makes it hard for the guests because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we've got one one hour you can choose this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. All right. So everyone listening, if anyone's interested in taking Robin's place, feel free to reach out to us and shoot us a message. So I just want to encourage anybody who might be thinking about joining the podcast that it's just such an incredible experience to get to be a part of hearing people's stories and and sharing them this has really just been wonderful so if you think this is in your future give it a go and and send swap meal a, a message because it's it's just truly fantastic thank you robin we will definitely miss you <laughs> yes i will miss you guys i'll have to just participate vicariously by listening <laughs> yeah and all the best with the whole promotion and everything with thank you thank you i appreciate it it's it's awesome so it's time for your favorite moment of the week you know what community comments with charles finally your hot podcast reviews revealed to the world next week it could be yours so time for the random review choice latest generation machine come on that's right this time we go to raleigh north carolina in the united states of america our hot listener says i love the realness and authenticity and the conversations with everyday people training for and racing triathlons we all have a story and i love hearing all the different sides to life this comes from alicia woodruff also known as miss warrior and also she's found on instagram at getamped Thanks a lot, Alicia. Your listeners, you listeners make our day. And FYI, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Strava, our website, www.humansoftriathlon.com, and on every single podcast platform out there. So, good fight and good night. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this Humans of Triathlon community. Hope you're enjoying the show and the other content. Make sure to join us again next week here on the Hot Podcast, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this Audrey but extra Audrey world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying. <laughs> <laughs>